to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And this is The Anatomy of Venom. Let There Be Carnage. Oh, yeah. I forgot there was a subtitle. <laughs> yeah, it kind of kills the title for me, but... I was like, you mean Venom 2? <laughs> yeah, I, I debated saying Venom 2. I also debated just saying, so let there be carnage. Oh, that would have been cool too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well. All right. Well, we are here for a full spoiler review of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Mm-hmm. So anybody who hasn't seen this movie, you know what to do. Yep. Go away. Yeah. And come back. Yeah. Unless you're one of those people that just likes to listen to things, even though you haven't seen it, then you're aware that we're about to spoil the shit out of it for you. Let's get a little bit of a rundown on this movie. Uh, it's directed by Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is his first movie, but uh, obviously we all know him as the voice of Gollum. <laughs> he was Claw in the Black Panther movie, so he's already tied to Marvel mm-hmm. MCU movies. Yes. The screenplay is by Kelly Marcel, and the story is by... Kelly Marcel and Tom Hardy. Yes. Which I guess that just means Tom Hardy's like, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, and then she writes it. Well, I think like uh, he wrote the story and then she helped him write it because she had to write the screenplay from it. That's my assumption. I just don't know the difference between writing the story and writing the screenplay. Well, like a story is like what you would read in a novel, and the screenplay is like literally writing the script. And so he wrote the I summary think, of the movie. And I think, yeah. She that's, fleshed it out. That's my interpretation. Gave it some carnage. Yeah. Uh, this movie has a runtime of ninety-seven minutes, much shorter than yeah. the first this film. Is it like the shortest Marvel movie so far. Well, not Marvel, but ish movie yeah, associated with Marvel. Yeah, Marvel Step Marvel. Probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Step Marvel, as we put it. Uh, it is not. Circus's first directorial role. Yeah, I was thinking he did something he else. He did Mowgli and three Oh, others. that's right. The one for Netflix. Yes. Okay. Which I haven't seen. It was pretty good. I watched it one day. True story. Apparently he directed a game, a video game, called Heavenly Sword. Okay. I think I've played that. 2007. I feel like I've played it. Yeah. Anyway, random facts. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> So that's maybe a true story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the release date of this uh, movie was October 1st, 2021, with a budget of $110 million. Uh, the box office currently is at $115,860,317 worldwide. Yeah. So they've already made back their money. Yeah. And a little bit of extra. Pocket change. Yeah, pocket change. Yeah. <laughs> Go treat themselves to a nice dinner. Yeah. Maybe some chicken. Yeah. (laughs) So the general plot summary of this movie is that Eddie Brock is still struggling to coexist with the shape-shifting extraterrestrial we know as Venom. And when deranged serial killer Cletus Cassidy also becomes host to an alien symbiote, Brock and Venom must put aside their differences to stop his reign of terror. It's the... Extremely simplified version of everything that happens in this film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's talk about all the characters and like the, the big players in this and see 
where they're at, especially compared to the previous movie. Tom Hardy returns in his role as Eddie Brock, and of course, Venom, sort of. He's the host, anyway. I'm not quite sure if he's the voice or not. I know... Uh, let me check, actually. Yeah, he does. Okay. I I figured he did, but... It... Mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily sound like... No, not at all. <laughs> there was actually an interview that he did with Screen Rant where he said uh, the ingredients of him coming up with that voice were Redman, Busta Rhymes, and James Brown. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. like, sure, all right. <laughs> so let's talk a little about Eddie Brock himself, right? Mm-hmm. Without Venom. Yeah. He seems like he's in a better place as far as a career goes, right? Yeah. He's living in this shithole apartment, but Mm -hmm. like, it seems like he's working for the Daily Bugle again, Mm -hmm. doing all of this interview stuff about Cletus Cassidy, right? Yes, yeah. So I guess in that sense, he's in a good place. He's trying to get back into like his career. Yeah, it seems like he's doing better career-wise, definitely. He's obviously still uh, struggling with his emotions related to Anne and wanting to be with her, even mm-hmm. though she's like, no thanks. Still separated. Yeah. Or I guess just not together. Just not together, yeah. <laughs> so really, it, overall, like his, his world is still not where he wants it to be. Yeah, and he's clearly struggling with... Uh, being Venom's host and their relationship together and a number of things. He's going through a hard time. It's pretty obvious since I mean, the I end get of, it. Like, how, yeah. how does he have time to masturbate? Yeah. He's, Is it masturbation? He's, all, he's always got somebody there yeah. watching. Yeah, he's just got all this pent-up, like, stress that he can't relieve because he's like, I don't want him to experience that. <laughs> I can see how that would put you on edge a lot. Uh, One other thing that's interesting, I think, is that he made the decision, I'm assuming it was he made the decision to not tell Anne that Venom was alive and with him still. Yeah, I didn't really understand the point of that. I guess to free her mind of the stress of knowing? I just felt like... Yeah. Or maybe he thought he had a better chance of getting her back if she didn't think he had an alien parasite connected (laughs) to him. Maybe. Although she seemed pretty into it whenever she was venomized, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is like Venom in this movie, he also wants to be like a superhero. He mm-hmm. does, you know, he's not like this evil entity like we know him as right. typically in the comics. He's yeah. different than all the other symbiotes. Yes. Okay, so speaking of Venom, let's talk about Venom as as his own little character even though he is a symbiote and he can't really technically exist outside of his host he does have a very distinct personality and distinct things about him mm-hmm. they're very different from eddie yeah he's very outgoing right mm-hmm. he's yes. very uh vocal mm-hmm. very opinionated and uh he knows what he wants yeah and he goes for it he sure does he really wants to be uh like Obviously out on the streets eating people, mm-hmm. uh, which Eddie has said no to. Venom wants to eat people. Mm-hmm. Eddie Brock is like, I want you to eat chicken. And he's like, yeah. I don't want to eat he, chicken. Yeah, he's like, Venom doesn't really believe in protein. Yeah. <laughs> or at least animal proteins. <laughs> well, like this version of, of Venom too, he's basically, a, he wants to be a superhero, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he keeps, that... he keeps referring to himself as, as being the lethal protector. Yeah. And 
I can't help but wonder if he actually wants to do good or if it's just that's the excuse he's using to be able to go eat people. I think it's that because I feel like that arose from whenever it was uh, brought up by Eddie that there were bad people and you could you could hurt bad people but not good people and all mm-hmm. that. So I feel like for Venom, he's just all about going out and doing that so that he could potentially eat people. Yeah. Because they're bad, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah. I'm on board. Um, and obviously they're struggling with meeting in the middle because <laughs> they're inhabiting the same body and living the same life, essentially. So it's unfortunate for Venom that he's having to live by all of Eddie's rules and not really getting to do most of what he wants to do. So there, we are, we're seeing some uh, butting heads inside of the same head <laughs> mm. happening. Or I guess there's actually some real some headbutting where he brings his head out. Some literal. Some literal headbutting. Headbutting yeah. going on, yeah. Yeah. I will say with Venom, as different as he is to what I wanted to see for Venom, I have enjoyed it to an extent. They, the way that they've given him like his own voice, and it's yeah. not just like this voiceless symbiote, right? That you know connects to Eddie. It's yeah. like yeah. You know, as you put it, like he's got his own personality, his own like thoughts. I thought it was pretty cool how they've been able to, not that it's anything unique, mm-hmm. just, you know, using the, the voice in his head yeah. as representation of them conversing. Right. And, you know, obviously using the, the ploy of him like talking to himself and people don't get that he's talking to Venom. Well, I mean, there's tons of people on the street talking to themselves that don't have venom. I mean, so... <laughs> there might be a world full of anti-heroes. Maybe we have a we lot of symbiotes are floating around the street. <laughs> yeah. Turns out this is a true story. Yeah. I think it's interesting that um, Venom, even though he has this very base disagreement with Eddie on multiple things, he still stayed with him this whole time, which is, we'll talk about timeline later, but it's been a significant period of time that he's mm-hmm. just stayed with him, even though theoretically he could slither away and go find yeah. another person to go eat people with. I believe... Andy Serkis in an interview said it was, what, about a year and a half yes. since the first movie? Correct, yeah, that's what he said. Which feels longer than what the movie makes it seem like. It does, but it makes it less confusing as to how Anna's already engaged to another person. Yeah, it's people getting engaged quickly. It's oh. Plus, we don't know how long she was with Dan, is it? Maybe. We don't know how long they were together in the first movie. Because there was a big time between that breakup, and I think it was like six months or something, from the breakup to... The rest of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah. Either way, it felt like it was really fast to me, mm-hmm. but knowing that it's been longer than what, but I thought it was in my mind, it was like three to six months, and yeah. I was like, dang, that's fast. Yeah. <laughs> you bring up a good point though about the 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 relationship and Venom. It's kind of funny because he seems very uh, emotionally attached to the idea of Eddie and Anne mm-hmm. getting back together, which yeah. I don't know if it's like a, he's absorbed the emotional traits that Eddie has or if it's like he just really likes Anne because maybe he was, I guess in the first movie he was... In her? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. He was in her. He was in all of her. Yeah, he liked her. And so it, it kind of reminds me of this like awkward thing with like kids, like, how like... they're like, they want their like parents to get back together or something like that yeah, I, I don't it's know like the parent trap yeah 
basically. It, he does give off some some Winslow so hand Venom vibes. So Venom is like the child who's trying to parent trap Eddie and Anne. Yes, that's exactly. I did get some of those vibes occasionally. Okay. In a much cooler way, but yeah, it felt that way. He wants them to get back together at like no at any cost, gotcha. <laughs> even though they obviously are not interested. Just for the record, well, though. at least Anne's not. Uh, the Parent Trap was a remake of an old one. Old movie. I'm aware of that. Okay, well, you said Lindsay Lohan. I did, but that's because I'm assuming most of our audience is going to be younger. Okay. You always make fun of me for being old. I don't know who's in the old one. Yeah. I just know it exists. You just wanted to out-old me this time? I guess. (laughs) So even though Venom has some, like, kind of childlike features in that way, he mostly seems like, they kind of feel like, I don't know, brothers in the, trying to keep space in the same body like this movie okay like, let's get into the relationship of eddie and, and venom specifically yeah. right mm-hmm. this movie really reminded me of that one stuck on you remember that movie yes where it's basically like conjoint twins and eventually they get tired of having to be stuck in the same body mm-hmm. and it, it i felt like this was like the basic plot of that where yeah venom and eddie clearly are different people mm-hmm. personalities the different things they interests want to do. they mm-hmm. don't want they don't necessarily want the same lifestyle yeah eddie wants to just be quiet and just mind his own business yeah venom wants to be like the anti-hero right which i do find interesting by the way eddie's little thing of being like the like introvert or like not like minding his own business type mm-hmm. that's a weird crate weird trait to have for an investigative journalist <laughs> or you know what i mean like mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. It just seems interesting. Or arguably he's just depressed because of... That's entirely possible, yeah. Not being where he wants to be in life necessarily. True. Not anyway. to get Not to get real. Yeah. Back to the relationship. <laughs> but they kind of, you know, they, they test the boundaries with these characters. They refer to them as being like the perfect compatibility as being, I guess, ideal. It's yeah. like the, the best you can get for a symbiote yeah. to host relationship. Yeah. Compatibility. Yeah, they've achieved true symbiosis instead of one destroying the other. You know, going back to the first movie, like, Riot wasn't the perfect symbiosis. Right. Or even in this one, they kind of refer to Carnage as not being as as matched as uh, Mm -hmm. Venom is. Yeah. But what's interesting is, despite the perfect compatibility, they seem to really struggle with being together. Right. Like, I guess in a mental mentally, capacity. Mentally, yeah. They're, physically, they're best matched for each other and to the point where Venom's not destroying him. But mentally, they're obviously butting heads still. Mm-hmm. Which is always going to be a struggle. Yeah. Which is interesting, though, because if you think about it, like some of the other situations where uh, the symbiote has taken over, it seems like their mind is stronger than the human host. Versus in this one, sure, Venom is technically stronger than Eddie, but Eddie fights back a lot mentally. And so they they kind of at least maintain sort of equal mental playing ground. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a feature of being physically compatible. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because Eddie does kind of fight back with allowing Venom to do what he wants. Yes. So yeah, he's able to stop him. You don't necessarily see him. that. You know, Riot was basically like, this is my goal, then... And his host was basically like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, sure, do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see later that Carnage does take over Cletus Cassidy. He doesn't hold his goals in mind either. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, I mean, you're right. He, they combine, and then, like, you kind of see there's a struggle there. Mm-hmm. But I would say Cletus is kind of a pushover mm-hmm. in that aspect where he doesn't really feel like he's in control and just kind of, like, he's not happy with some of the choices that's happening mm-hmm. in this movie later on, but he doesn't really have an ability to stop it, it seems. Right. And he just kind of, like, takes it. Yeah. He like, like he settles. Yeah, he like yells about it, like partially separated, mm-hmm. and then he goes back in and everything's whatever. Mm. So clearly in that case, Carnage is kind of like taking over the host and controlling it rather than just existing. Yeah. Let's actually, let's get into Carnage. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Woody Harrelson is playing Cletus Cassidy, who becomes Carnage, or shares a body with Carnage, if you will. And you said something about how he was cast for this role based on Natural Born Killers. Is that why? I mean, I would assume so. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's the official okay, okay. reasoning, but yeah. like, let's be honest. I can it see is, that. right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it is. So Cletus Cassidy is a psychotic serial killer, and when Eddie Brock goes to interview him or see him when he's on death row or whatever, uh, because he ends up getting his death sentence reinstated, and... Cletus Cassidy bites him because what what kind of a stupid idiot is like anywhere near the cell first of all but whatever that's not that's just me well antagonized him yeah I know point yeah he was saying mean things to get him to yeah to attack that's true so Cletus Cassidy bites him and then he immediately is like oh that's interesting like he could taste that it doesn't taste like normal blood which is creepy as fuck but not wrong so that was an interesting little thing they did. Yeah, it was too sweet. It wasn't it wasn't salty enough. Is that what he said? I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> he didn't say that, but I mean. But he probably was going that's to. That's probably what it was. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I one thing I'm not sure about is like I didn't. He they tell a little bit of his story later in the movie about like how he becomes the psychotic killer, whatever person that he is. But I feel like the stories they tell aren't enough to really say like. He's this ultimate bad guy. Like, yes, he's a crazy, he's a psychotic person that's killed his parents and whatever, right? Mm. But it's not like a, he's not a Jeffrey Dahmer or whatever, you know, like a, like a mass murderer is what I felt like they were building this character up to be in the trailer and stuff. Maybe well, I mean, just... he was though. Oh, okay. But they didn't. Hence they all just... the bodies that, that were discovered through. Right. They uh, didn't. They just didn't. Exp- Venom's investigating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sorry. It's not that it didn't happen. It's just like we didn't really get like a connection between the two. Like we see bodies and then we see that he's a crazy person, but we never like. It was very upfront. Just yeah. take our word for it. He's uh, yeah. killed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just I guess maybe I watched too many like true crime things. I wanted more like de- mm-hmm. <laughs> details. You were starting to wonder if he was. Uh, Pinned for for yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, exactly. Where's the proof he did all this? Exactly, we don't know. Anyway, um, (laughs) I digress. Making uh, carnage. Yeah, making carnage. (laughs) But one thing that really bothered me in this movie was they tried to make him a sympathetic character at one point with the the backstory. Right, he he killed his grandmother and his mother because they abused him. Right. But what about the dog that they show where he kills this dog that he has? Can't believe that the dog was some kind of abuser in this whole story that we're supposed to believe that he's like a victim of his environment. I mean, he's a fucking serial killer in this. Like, we don't need to sympathize with him. He's supposed to be this evil entity. Yeah, no, he's a total piece of shit. Uh, I 
I feel like they were trying, you're right, they were trying to kind of set him up as this, like, sim- like to provide sympathy towards him or be sympathetic towards him. But, um, yes, okay, you had a terrible upbringing or whatever happened, and yes, you are a product of your environment, like you say, but that doesn't give you a fucking free reign to just go kill everybody on the planet. Like, that's not a thing. So I, I, maybe that was an attempt to make him someone we are supposed to sympathize with, but I didn't, and I won't. Well, it was just stupid because the whole movie they're trying to make you think like he is this chaotic, insane psychopath. Yeah. And then at the very end, they're like, oh, but here's the reason why. Like, yeah. no, like we don't need to feel bad for him. He, he's just there to be the villain. Yeah. there's pl- the, the whole story you made was just he's just the villain. Yeah. There's plenty of people that are out of a really shitty upbringing that don't become serial killers so obviously there's a little bit of nature versus nurture it's a little bit of both you could be brought up really shitty and still not decide you get to go murder people and it's fine well it's one thing if they wanted to like go that route but like in that case then expand and give it like more backstory don't just throw it in like a throwaway line at the end of the movie so oh okay he's a victim too right right because at that point like no you're No. Yeah. We just want you dead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I feel like I was confused by the, like, chain or the differences in Carnage versus Venom. Because if they're an amoebic or a, like, self, what do you call that? Where they replicate themselves. It's, I was confused how the powers were so different. The strength was so different. The, like I, The way they do it in the movies is a lot different than the comics. They have like these seeds that they spawn that are basically like what create their children. So it's on purpose in the comics. Uh, yeah. I don't I mean, it didn't oh. necessarily happen on purpose. Okay. I think the variation of Carnage's origin I'm familiar with is the symbiote comes back to, I think, Ravencroft. If mm-hmm. I'm correct, okay, uh, to remerge with Eddie, who mm-hmm. was in there because mm-hmm. he was like deemed crazy, you yeah. know, thinking that he had this alien symbiote that right, he was right. connected to, uh, and then they connected, and a piece of him of the symbiote like was left behind, and then that's what attached to Car or to Cletus, and then created Carnage. Okay, in that sense, gotcha. but they do have other ones where they kind of expand on on what the symbiotes are, and they do have these seeds that they basically okay use that would create children yes got it okay new spawns which are deemed stronger so by the definition in this movie technically carnage is supposed to be stronger than venom yes on a physical power level yeah so i have questions about that like one of the videos i watched on youtube or whatever explained apparently with the species that venom is that each additional generation is stronger and better than the previous mm-hmm. one, which I don't understand that on a biological level, but that's a different situation. I just kind of took it as inherited immunity, I guess, where it's like you would, your offspring would grow stronger to resist things that you may not have had, but you built those tolerances up. Got it. So like extremely, extremely fast uh, version of evolution, which makes sense. I just thought it was an interesting way to go. Um I also wondered about, since like Carnage was going around, like, eating people or killing people. I mean, they never really show Not even really people, eating, but, but, like, killing people. Then there was one reference when Cletus was going to be uh, executed, mm-hmm. and then he, like, killed the, 
the guard or whatever. Yeah. Right? He comes out and he says, "Oh, he was tasty," or, or yeah, or no, it was the uh, the war warden or the something. Warden. He said something about how he tasted delicious, delicious, or, something. or so. Yeah, he, you <laughs> yeah. know. So we didn't see him do. Okay. It, but well, I guess it's implied that impl- that's just what their species does. Yes. Yeah, so the implication being that their species wants to go around e- eating people. My question is. Would Venom be more powerful if he was going around eating people? Like, is that the reason that Carnage had better powers? And I mean, later on, we do see during the Carnage-Venom battle, which we'll talk about later, uh, we do see him eat somebody, mm-hmm. and then he says, like, power power up or something. Yeah, shit. yeah, he does, which may have been and a then, joke, but it still seems like... And then he does physically like... get bigger. Yeah, exactly. So you might be on something that maybe the more they eat, the stronger they can become. Yeah. Or maybe that's just a specific trait to carnage himself i don't really know yeah because we haven't really seen venom get that kind of a power up power up if you will yeah but we've only seen him eat one head i mean i mean i haven't been keeping count so i feel like there was only one time in the first movie that he ate a head or bit a head i don't even know if he ate it (laughs) i'm assuming Uh, i I don't know it doesn't matter it's fine whatever it's maybe a useless thing for me to point out i was just i think there's a couple times at least but yeah it's semantics okay he eats people. It's, it was more about my curiosity as to how that relates to their powers. That's all. Okay. I mean, we should talk about the symbiotes as a whole. Yeah. If you will. Because it does feel like there's a lot of questions I have specifically about just the symbiotes that I feel like aren't necessarily being answered. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because they were trying to broaden the storytelling so that they can like expand on it later. Mm-hmm. But like, it does seem like things don't make sense to me necessarily. Something else I wondered about the differences between generations is I feel like there wasn't enough background explanation, um, like in the part in the cathedral or whatever, where Venom goes back inside Eddie and he's like, oh shit, it's a red one. And there's no like, okay, so what does a red one mean? And like, mm-hmm. what, okay, it's, give it's me. It's just left to your imagination. Yeah. That had my interest too. And I was hoping we'd get an answer out of that because that's yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. We don't really get an answer. No. And I am curious if that implies that they are more rare. Maybe mm-hmm. they have, you know, I don't know. They're just, they're deemed more... Dangerous? I guess dangerous. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, guess he is, do right? You, I mean, do you think it has anything to do, the color of the symbiote has anything to do with the host that they're incubated in? Because obviously Cletus Cassidy has this crazy red hair. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm biologically speaking why that would be a thing i mean, I'm that's just, just wondering the, the comics were like oh let's make them all match and yeah then, but like i don't think so because venom has always been black no matter who he goes into right unless it's like a, a thing of like then there's another example this of a question i have so like the first host he goes into is that his permanent look yeah or does he always look like that yeah that's that's kind of related to my question because i feel like uh the other thing is in the comics, I think, if, if I'm not sure if I have this correctly, in one of the comic runs at least, uh, Venom is attracted to Eddie Brock because of his hatred for Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. And something else, his anger or whatever. Yeah, he kind of feeds off of his anger. Yeah, so I'm wondering if like the emotions of the host at the time of incubation or some weirdness like that somehow dictate how crazy the symbiote mm-hmm. adult ends up being. So I wonder if it's because... Cletus Cassidy was such a psychopath that that made uh, the red one the red one. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to like, yeah. I'm trying to piece it together but since they wouldn't fucking explain it for like us. Otherwise, it's just like a random luck of the draw. Where yeah, like gene allocation. Exactly. Like, you know, maybe red ones are really rare. Yeah. But they are really dangerous. Yeah. Uh, 
unpredictable, if yeah. you will. <laughs> like when he's like, prepare to die. And he's like, I don't know, Eddie Brock says something. And he's like, no, we are, we are going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about us. I was talking about us. <laughs> as far as Carnage goes, I, I think he looked fantastic. Yeah. I thought he looked amazing. Yep. He did have terrifying. the... Yes, the yeah. terrifying look that he should have. Yeah. Um, but I'm be honest, like I feel like they really shoehorned his story, and I feel like they really didn't do a whole lot for him, other than just being like, "See, he's crazy. Yeah, he'll kill everybody. Yeah, like that. That was really it. Like there yeah. was no. We didn't really get any motives as to like what necessarily his like, carnage himself, not necessarily Cletus, but carnage himself. There was no real. Why is he deciding that he needs to kill Venom? Yeah. It's more just like, because he, because he wants to. I, yeah. It, you know, there, I, there's no reason for it. I feel like I read something or listened to something that said there was like a biological imperative for the progeny to kill the parent. I feel like there was a throwaway line in the movie where he was like, uh, when we kill Venom, then there'll be nobody to stop us or some shit like that. But like, yeah. stop you from what? Just doing what you're doing? Yeah. Because it seems like you're having no problem with that. Venom didn't really give a shit about you. Yeah, Venom you was doing something. Until something. you were like, you know what? We're going to take Anne. Yeah. And threaten you with her. Exactly. So it just felt like a really, in that sense, it was a really weak reasoning for like, which I guess the idea is, oh, well, it's carnage. He doesn't have a reason why he does things. He's just, he acts on impulse. Yeah. But they didn't really convey that either. True. If anything, they kind of contradicted that because it felt like, Cletus and him had different goals, mm-hmm. but they were like working together for what they wanted mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So why don't we get in some of the other characters? Naomi Harris uh, played Frances Barrison, uh, also known as Shriek. Yes. Who is actually a mutant mm-hmm. from the X-Men type portion of the Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a very significant thing because they actually refer to her character having a mutation. Yes. Which is something we didn't even get in the Marvel movies. Right. Because of Fox ownerships of the X-Men characters. Yes. Uh, so this basically shows that Marvel is allowing Sony to use those kind of code words mm-hmm. in their movie because this is technically not a MCU movie. It's yeah. a Sony movie. Yeah. Um, I, somebody was talking about how there was like a reference to something because of whatever she said. And I was like trying to confirm it and I couldn't figure it out. I mean, basically in this movie, she's Cassidy's love interest, right? Yeah, she is. And that's really. met each other as children in this place for people that don't have family. Uh, and she is a mutant who has a damaged soul, as they put it. Mm Mm-hmm. And the ability to screech or as you say shriek at yeah. a very high pitch and yeah, a very a powerful commonly used power right yeah. we've seen this before yeah, like banshee and whatever yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, she is in the comics a love interest of cletus this yeah. is like they didn't really like drastically change her role and all that stuff right but they really did kind of shoehorn it in i feel like in a way that it felt like it was kind of unnecessary yeah it seemed really weird to me because i felt like um, I'll tell you more how I feel about this later when you do the final report, but her power being basically their kryptonite. I think they were probably going for a like 
symbolic thing there where like they are now physically able to be together but, but now they, they have contrasting powers if you right, will right. which would in a sense keep them apart yeah you know carnage was basically a third wheel that was yeah different goals than what they had so he was kind of a, a wedge in there you know and to be honest, I kind of feel like they they wasted her yes. character having that power because the the times where Carnage was like, you better shut her up or blah, blah, yeah. blah, or I'm going to eat her face off, blah, blah, yeah. or like he did actually like hurt her. Yeah. We do see Cletus like his head come out, of, the, out, of, out of Carnage and kind of screaming like, no, or yeah. whatever, like yeah. showing displeasure for the situation. Right. But it, it never physic- really goes anywhere beyond that. There's no, like, internal battle, if you will, yeah. where he he's trying to choose her over Carnage. Yeah. It's like he, he fully just allows Carnage to do it. It's There's no... It felt like it was just there... She was just there to display the fact that he had no control over Carnage. Mm-hmm. Because... But if... I would have rather seen him try to fight... They tried to paint it like they had this big love for each other mm-hmm. but then when it came down to it he basically allowed carnage to treat her like shit right yeah but maybe he just didn't have the ability to fight him because carnage was so powerful and he just barely got a symbiote yeah I, so that's what i could say that but i do feel like it was a missed opportunity to cement to us that like he truly does have these feelings for her yeah because all i saw was like well so does he care about her because he's just kind of allowing this to happen now. Yeah. I think I said just interpreted that in the opposite way where it was there to show us how powerful Carnage was. The fact that she has that power too. I was like, well, that's great. They're going to be able to use yeah. that in a way to like <laughs> yeah. battle Carnage for their love, for yeah. sake of their love. Yeah. And then no. Yeah. Nope. It just. <laughs> yeah. It was very weird. In fact, the way that they used her in the end, I felt like it was very reminiscent of Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy. Yes. But in like a darker way, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if you can get darker than your love dying, but... Yeah. (laughs) Dying in a weirder way? I don't know. (laughs) I'm torn whether they used her well or not. She didn't really hurt the movie necessarily, Mm -hmm. but she didn't really contribute anything in my mind. It was just kind of a... To have a reason for Carnage to do something that makes Cletus unhappy. But again, they didn't really even touch on that where Cletus tries to fight back. He just kind of is a bitch about it. Yeah. Really, if you think about it, her only purpose was to make sure that Mulligan was there to potentially yes. be involved. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into that character even? So Detective Patrick Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Basically, the whole movie, he is trying to work with Brock to get him, to give him intel from the interviews with Cletus while he's in prison. Yes. To find out where the bodies are or yeah. any other victims or just any details that could help. Break the case. Break it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's already in prison, so I don't really know what case you do the break. Well, like... I guess it's more about, like, the family's getting closure. closure. Exactly. And he wants to be involved. Mm-hmm. And then we see a flashback to him when he's younger. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't even catch that was him. I know. I didn't put it together until they went forward again and I saw the name and I was like, oh, fuck, of course. I knew it was like, why? I know Mulligan's going to be important. This is how dumb I am, okay? (laughs) 
We saw that scene mm-hmm. where whatever he he gets attacked by Shriek yes. in the van. Mm-hmm. He hurts his ear or he loses hearing or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they even showed his badge. Yep. They showed, they his, showed name. his name. And then later on, they show him as an older detective, and Uh they show his name. I'm like, oh, that name's going to be important. Yeah, and then... Not thinking about the first time they showed that damn name. Not only that, they show him at some point earlier, and then he's like, can you repeat that or Mm -hmm. something, because he can't hear it. And then you see, it's like, oh, let me point at my hearing aid. Yeah. And that moment, I was like, that's a weird thing to have in there, but okay. It's random, but okay. Uh, And then later, they show him with the the hearing piece, and I'm like, oh, interesting. (laughs) What's that going to be about? And then literally, like, within five seconds, I think they, they, they give it. you the reveal that, yeah. that he was the younger. That it was him, yeah. Per- I'm like, how the fuck did I not wow. catch that? We definitely were looking the other direction on that one. Yeah. So, I guess that was just their way of tying everything together as to why Shriek was involved. Yeah. To give, like you said, motive for having him there at the end of the movie mm-hmm. during the battle. Because basically, he's just kind of in the background trying to keep tabs on Eddie to try and get mm-hmm. this info. Yeah. He's obviously suspicious of a lot of things. Yeah. He keeps bringing up the events of the first Venom movie. Mm-hmm. So he clearly has something that he suspects of Eddie. Yeah. But really that was it. He didn't have a, a huge role other than just... Kind of time. Kind of. It felt together. like he was there for setup for the future yeah. of the franchise. I don't know if you want to get into that now or if you want to wait till later, but... Let's get into that a little bit later. Okay. But um, we also had Michelle Williams returning as her role, Anne Weying, who is the district, was the district attorney and is now Eddie Brock's ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. And Reed Scott plays Dan Lewis, who's the doctor and Anne's fiance now. And Peggy Lou comes back as Mrs. Chen, who's the convenience store owner yeah. person. So it's good to see everybody back. Um, um but is it? <laughs> who who I, are you mad about? <laughs> I mean, all three of them. Okay. Again, they didn't hurt the movie necessarily, yeah. but like I felt like they were just there because they were there the first time. Okay. There was no real reason for them to be there in my mind. I liked... I. I liked Mrs. Chen. I feel like they could have done more with her. Yeah, and like she was like what two scenes in this yeah, movie? Yeah, not so very much. She wasn't a huge role, but yeah. it it was like fun to see that character again. Yes, I, um, I agree with you though that the fiance or ex fiance and her new fiance were really unnecessary. It felt like they were like you know what people really liked it when Anne had the symbiote on her. Yeah, and it was sexy venom. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we got to get that again. Yeah. How can we get that again? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll make her have to go get Venom in the breakup and then bring him back to Eddie. Yeah. It's like, that's basically what it was. Yeah. Like, it just... It was weird. It felt like it was not needed. Yeah, I agree. So, unless that breakup setup is like a bigger thing than on the surface. All right, so that's basically all the characters. Really small cast. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really changed since the first movie. Yeah. Other than plug and play a different symbiote villain yes let's get into some of the some of the fight scenes i feel like there wasn't a whole lot of them no there was about three that i can recall Mm -hmm. so we have uh early on in the movie we have the carnage prison escape where Mm -hmm. cletus is about to get executed with lethal injection and and carnage comes out and stops it and fucks shit up yeah prison yeah that was fucked up it was a really cool scene yeah um and it really kind of highlighted the character not giving a fuck, right? Because you, you got the prison guards are, are getting murdered left and right. Yeah. The the prisoners are cheering on Carnage. Yeah. But then they're also getting and murdered. And then they're also getting murdered. Yeah. As, as Carnage realizes they're being 
He's yeah. being cheered on. Yeah. It's <laughs> yep. It's very uh, there's a, confusing. There's a awkward tentacle porn moment where he yeah. deep throats uh, yeah. a guy with his tongue. Yeah. Very, very weird. Um, but he shows off a lot of his powers. Yeah. Like, right off the bat. He likes to use... He's kind of like Riot in the sense that he uses all of his limbs as weapons. He likes yes. to make size. Yeah, and, and he seems like he has a lot more limbs coming out of his He has back. a lot of, like, tentacle type things. Yeah. Which I guess he has them in the comics, but I never really translated those to being, like, limbs as more just part of the symbiote just kind of wailing like wiggling off of around. That. Yeah. Yeah. They're just decoration. But in this, they're kind of more of like actual purpose. Yeah, that they, they seem he like uses them. There's like a pointy one, and I don't know. Well, he just makes them in different weapons. Yeah, yeah, he does whatever. It's he not wants. like they like that's what they look like. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a nice introduction, I guess, for the character. And something that was I was not expecting was making him making himself into a tornado. <laughs> that was a pretty interesting power. Yeah, I knew that, that, and that's not really something I can recall whether he had that before in the comics. But yeah. It definitely was an interesting use, right? Yeah, definitely. Beyond that, we basically get the same kind of scene, but him at Ravencroft, which is basically the Arkham of Marvel. Yep. And that's where he's going to break out Shriek from, mm-hmm. because she's being held there as a prisoner. Yeah. To do uh, testing on, mm-hmm. because she's a mutant. Yes. Which is interesting, because... Uh, we talked about Mulligan earlier. He thought that she was dead because he shot her in the face. I mean, is He's the reason for her eye situation, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, that was the sure. implication was. Yeah. And that's why she went to stab him in the eye. Yes. Dig out his eye later on. Yeah. Oof. Gross. So yeah, he fully thought that she was dead. And it turns out they just took her to some secret, like you said, Arkham of Marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is going to be interesting because I feel like that ties into the X-Men stuff. So I'm curious... Mm-hmm. If there's going to be more to that as far as mutants that could be in the Sony side. Yeah, seems like it would. Uh, and then third, our last fight scene we get was basically the big event, which mm-hmm. is Venom and Carnage fighting at a wedding chapel. Yes. I feel like they showed a good amount of this battle in the trailer. Yeah, which was kind of disappointing because like that one scene where Carnage is all like, in front of the stained glass is so fucking cool. Like, the imagery mm-hmm. of that was so cool, but the fact that it was already in the trailer kind of made yes. it less cool in the movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, damn. It's still badass, but, like, yeah. there wasn't anything cooler than that. No. I felt like that well, was Well, even, coolest. like, the whole, like, oh, it's a red one. And then, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Then, then there's the moment where Eddie's like, okay, if you come out right now, you, you can could eat, eat people. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, like, it, it's a fun moment, but, like, it, it lost its... It was charm because it was in the trailer. Because we already knew about it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they should have been a little bit more careful about what they revealed in the trailer. That being said, it was still a really fucking crazy fight. Yeah, well, and also it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, the whole time I'm watching, like, this looks great, but like, logically, how are they going to kill each other? Because like, they can't harm each other piercing through yeah, their they just, like, bodies. Re- they yeah. just regenerate. It's yeah. just like... They would have to light the other one on fire. Mm-hmm. Which is also another reason why I was disappointed in the whole Shriek situation. Because she could, she should have been utilized in a way to mm-hmm. defeat one of them. Well, they did kind of use her... Briefly. But, like, the way it worked was, like, I couldn't really tell if she was, like, on the same page as Venom as, oh, I'm gonna help you because Carnage is out of control. Yeah. Or if it was, like, she was just gonna try and attack Carnage or, or 
I don't know what she was going to do. Well, she was she going to attack Venom? However, said, it worked out. Venom used her to his advantage and caused her to hit Carnage. Yes, but it, I couldn't get the vibe on what was the intent um, initially. She said something to the effect of, "It's too much to uh, not Venom to Carnage." Basically speaking to Cassidy. Yeah. So uh, my opinion from that was she that was she gonna was going to fight, gonna Carnage, fight right? Carnage to try to get Carnage out of her love. Mm-hmm. Which, that doesn't really match her character that they've shown the whole time before that, in my opinion. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't think she would have wanted him to be completely gone, but knowing that she could no longer access the the Cletus Cassidy guy that mm-hmm. she'd been in love with her whole life, then that would change and things a little. Let's touch upon that too, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so she was... It was like, what, 30 years, I think they yeah, it was a referenced long time, yeah. how long it had been. Yeah. And it's like... So she's been in this Ravencroft experiment prison mm-hmm. for 30 years. Yeah. He's been in what I guess I guess San Quentin something yeah. in San Francisco. Mhm. In prison there. And we're supposed to believe that they just they just assume each other is alive. Yeah. Well, to be fair, she's seeing him on the news. Oh, so she had access to TVs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, for okay. some reason. I don't know. They had, they were giving her newspapers or whatever. Like it she just, saw him. It just him. felt like they were blindly, because I felt like he didn't know if she was alive. Yeah. Cleus did, didn't know if she was alive. He didn't know if she was he alive. He was just doing what he was doing out of hope that she was going to get it. Yes. But he didn't really know. Right. But she knew he was alive. And also at the same, it's, it's a little weird to think about, but if you, if you consider the fact that both of them were, what, they were teenagers, right? When they were separated. It seemed. I think they were like early 20s. Early yeah. 20s. So they were very young and like very bonded. And so they had this like an intense relationship and they never basically met anyone else after that point. And they were both isolated. So they probably both had the zero opportunity to think about anyone else. So they just like spent their life, the rest of their life obsessing about the other person, whether they were alive or not. Okay. That's how I kind of figured it would, would go down. Which, yeah. So it would make sense why they were so all about each other still, even though it was an insane yeah. period of time. Okay. Why don't we talk about some of the Easter eggs that we've seen in this movie? We've already brought up Ravencroft a bit. Mm-hmm. We've talked about a couple of them. A little one that I didn't notice and I found after I was looking up information was that there was a magazine in Mrs. Chen's store that had Stan Lee on the cover. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In case anybody hasn't seen it or they're going to go watch it again, look out for that. And then you talked about we talked about Ravencroft already. Basically, it's just the Marvel version of Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. And interesting fact, it was at some point in the comic. There's multiple different layers of what happens there, but at one point it is destroyed by um, Carnage. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I wonder um, wonder when they're going to use that whole storyline. Yeah. And then at some point later, it is overseen by a bunch of villains at the direction of Fisk. What's his first name? I forgot. Uh, William. William Fisk. Yeah. William Fisk. Fisk. Yeah. So I Fisk then takes over and Kingpin, then, right? Kingpin. Yeah. He uh, recruits a whole bunch of people who are known as villains. One of which is Norman Osborn, mm-hmm. um, who to be basically be the group that runs it at one point later in this storyline. So um, something to well, potentially that's something look that out could for do in the future. Yeah. One thing I want to bring up about Ravencroft is they did show a different patient 
they referred to as Siegfried. Uh-huh. We couldn't really find any info about this character, as far as I could tell. So I don't think there's really something significant about the character. But it did feel like they were trying to show that he was somebody, to me. Yeah. Because they had him twice say something mm-hmm. through his cell, right? Yeah. It's like they could have used any other character again, you know, as the, as the second time. Mm-hmm. They just show that oh, there are all these different characters in Ravencroft. But they didn't. They really focused on one guy. Yes. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, another little tease that we got was the whole thing where Venom wanted to refer to himself and or their little group as the Lethal Protectors. Um, and then at the end, they do call, like, Eddie Brock and Venom call them, themselves the Lethal Protector. By the end, you do see Eddie kind of embrace yes. what Venom is trying to do. Like yes. after all Resisting. that happens with Carnage and all that stuff. Yes. Which is interesting. Yes. Whether that's, again, because he's like, well, I kind of promised him. Or mm-hmm. if he's just kind of coming along to wanting to be a lethal protector. Right. If you will. Yeah. Uh, this is probably a nod to the 93 miniseries where Venom begins to switch from villain to antihero. Yeah. And I read that miniseries. Uh, which is kind of funny because the basic storyline of that miniseries is what the first movie is. Mm. Where a bunch of other symbiotes come Mm. into play. Yeah. And he has to stop them. Interesting. Uh, Of course, in that, he gets the help of Spider-Man. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that was basically, like you said, the venture of them being like, okay, we don't want him to be a villain. We want him him to be a hero, but he's on the borderline of... Yeah, he's still creepy as fuck looking, (laughs) so we gotta find a middle ground. (laughs) Uh, you brought up other symbiotes, though. We do have a reference or a tease of well, who we may see as another symbiote later down the road. Um, unfortunately, we lost Carnage because Venom resorbed him. That is not to say that he couldn't come back. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Who knows? However, Toxin is a character who is the son of Carnage. And as we were leaving the cathedral scene, you see Mulligan in the spot where Shriek left him before she was able to kill him, and he's got, like, the blue glint in his eye, which is probably a reference to Toxin, because he is known to be... Mulligan is known to be his host in the comics. The first host, I believe. Yes. Yes. And I think there's even a run where Venom tries to, like, guide Toxin as a good guy. Right, yeah. He tries to bring him up to be, like, a... Whereas Carnage wants him dead. Right, of course. See, that whole tease in the movie confused me a lot. And it kind of goes back to, like, my whole issue with, like, I need to know the rules of the symbiotes and all that. Because, like, they didn't really show any moment in that film where he would have been infected by a symbiote speck or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Yeah. Like, Cletus did with Venom and then became Carnage. Right. So, from what we understand with the symbiotes, uh, as far as what they've shown, is... If a little piece of the symbiote comes off, it then becomes a different mm-hmm. symbiote. Yeah. With a new host. Right. Presumably. Yeah. Or is it just in general? I didn't... Like if somebody cut off part of Venom's symbiote, uh-huh. would it just come back to him? Or would it be like technically its own new host? I think he... Or new entity. Right. Even without the host. I think it would probably want to gravitate back to him until it were... And until it becomes incubated in a new host. Mm. That would be my guess. And like one thing that bothered me with like the whole idea of, you know, you brought up how Carnage was eaten by Venom. And that was yeah. basically the solution to this movie, right? Yeah. Uh, 
Aside from the fact they just killed off Carnage so quickly. Yeah, weird. Presumably. Yeah. The one thing that bothers me is in the first movie we see Riot eat the Venom symbiote. Mm-hmm. And then Venom And then Venom just out. bursts back out. Yes. This movie, the resolution is Venom eats Carnage symbiote. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of it. So is it implied because he was originally from Venom that he just was reabsorbed? Yeah. I think it works if the if he if if you resorb your progeny, but maybe if it's not your progeny, your progeny can't absorb you. I don't know. I and I also am not clear. I was looking up the like how all of the symbiotes are related to each other in the comics, and it's like a crazy like soap opera situation. Mm-hmm. There's like the riots in there too. Somehow he's related as well. It's all weird. Well, in the comics, it goes back to the miniseries, yeah. uh, Lethal Protector. Mm-hmm. So. In the comic miniseries, Venom is captured by the Life Foundation. Uh, the The head guy of that place is like had this evil plan where he wanted to basically remove the seeds mm-hmm. from Venom and then use them to create his own symbiote creatures that he could use on his security guards. Right. To create them, mm-hmm. and then those were the five characters we got, which was Riot. Scream and I don't Somebody's remember like Thrasher, the other maybe. three. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where the other three. But yeah, that's the basic summary of what yeah. the first movie was. Yeah, and they just they just treated right as in a different sense of like he was just also another symbiote right. rather than Related. the offspring of Venom like they did with this one. Right. Yeah. I guess they didn't want to have him have a bunch of offsprings in every fucking movie. Yeah. Um, Even though that's what he does in the comics. Yes. <laughs> and then at some point, five of them like merge to become somebody else. It's so weird. Like anyway. hybrid or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, Weird name, huh? Yeah. I uh, don't know how I forgot that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I think that's going to be interesting to see if they decide to go forward. And maybe mm-hmm. th- maybe if they do, then they're going to explain it. They're going to have a flashback scene about how Carnage intentionally planted his seed in Mulligan because he knew he was going to die or something ridiculous like that. Who knows? Yeah. The only other explanation is if Shriek had been infected by a symbiote. By, by Carnage, presumably. But, like, uh, we didn't see any indication of that, so... We did not, but I Because, like, I feel say... like she bit him, if I'm correct. I don't know. I, I think I recall she bit... Unless it's just implied that her stabbing him in the eye is what did it. Possibly. But you do bring up a good point. I want to say she was venomized in the comics at some point. Like, she had a symbiote. Mm-hmm. But they didn't show any of that. They didn't, no. So... I guess it's just yeah. up in the air. It's up I, in the air. Who knows? And again, we don't even know if she died, right? Cause right. Because the last we saw her, she fell and then the bell fell on top of her. Yeah. Um. So, you know, for all we know, we'll get a reveal later on that the symbiote, the symbiote was in her, her and she became fine. a, maybe they'll make her scream. Maybe. Because it would make literally sense. Yeah. <laughs> would yeah. make sense. Yeah, it would. All right. So let's get down to, we talked about that there's, it's established exactly when this took place by Andy Serkis, which was a year and a half after the first movie, the first Mm -hmm. Venom. But with respect to arguably the most important part of this movie, (laughs) uh, I think we need to get down to arguably the most important part of this movie, which is the mid credit scene. (laughs) And uh, dig into that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably what a lot of people are here for. That's what I'm here for. Oh, is that why you're here? Yeah. Okay. Also, I live here. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, 
just to quickly recap it, we've got uh, Venom Eddie chilling in some hotel room in somewhere that... Seems like Mexico or something. Yeah, they... some South America, Mexico, somewhere that Spanish is the primary language and they're watching soap opera, mm-hmm. soap opera on the TV. And Venom reveals that he's been... How many, how many something light years millions of light years worth of hive knowledge that he hasn't shared with Eddie because it would melt his tiny little brain. It was like 80 million yeah, something, light years Yeah, some insanely large number. Yeah. And so then he said, I can share with you like a tiny little taste of it. And then shit goes down. And then suddenly the hotel room changes a number of ways. Um, and the thing that's on, like the program that's on the TV changes to the news. And we can see that it's, uh, it ends up going to the Daily Bugle. And then it goes to, uh, they're sharing a clip that was shared previously by the Daily Bugle that is talking about Spider-Man. And they're talking about the Spider-Man reveal of being Peter Parker. I almost said Tom Holland, obviously. (laughs) He is the Tom Holland Spider-Man. So it seems that he's been transported, they have been transported to where Tom Holland also plays Spider-Man. Whether that is the MCU or not, obviously we all have our opinions. But, uh, so that's kind of what happens and let's talk about the details. Well, before we get into the actual implication of Venom seeing Spider-Man on screen, yes. let's kind of backtrack to the beginning of the scene where Venom says that their species is a hive mind, if yes. you will. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean as far as Venom's existence? Does he have... I mean, clearly they have their own personalities and, and existence, right? They're mm-hmm. not like... Not like the Borg. They're not just, yeah, they're not yeah. just like a mindless thing that, that is used for another consciousness, right? Right. It's, they have their own consciousness, but they seem to share knowledge with each other. Yes, it does seem that way. So by that logic, then, does that mean every symbiote in existence knows that Venom has betrayed their purpose in the first movie by killing Riot and stopping them from getting an invasion on Earth? Okay, so... I answered yes to that when we talked about this offline. However, I think I've changed my mind because I think in my version of how this hive mind works, uh, all an individual with the knowledge would have to be in contact with the greater collective in order to transmit that knowledge. You think so? That's what I'm thinking. Unless it's some kind of like interdimensional whatever communication that happens over the quote-unquote airwaves like they have like organic wi-fi yeah essentially like in um star trek discovery where they have to go on like the the micellar network or whatever the fuck the like fungus network that they can time travel through oh yeah i don't know yeah Yeah, okay (laughs) so there if there is something like that where it just automatically is transmitted back to the mother hive deal Mm -hmm. then maybe but i was thinking about it more and i think that it's going to be the knowledge has to have made it there and kind of like they kind of have to like dock with the primary knowledge base for everyone to be able to get it. That would be my guess. Okay. I mean, it's possible. But yeah, it is also possible that everybody I mean, just knows. I, I don't think that's the case, but okay. that's possible. Yeah. The reason I don't think that's the case is because like it, the further implications would be that by that logic, then the venom from the Spider-Man 3 film Mm-hmm. would be a part of the hive, which then means what he wouldn't know would have had to have been transferred at some point. But he gets killed in that movie. Right. So he wouldn't have been able to. Okay, fair enough. And presumably he's a part of this universe because it's all Sony. And yes. what they're doing with 
uh, the Spider-Man film, it seems like it could be all tied together in that yes, sense. Yes, it does. That's a um, good point. But what this also brings up is the fact that the hive mentality means that are they also teasing the symbiote king, Null? Mm, very could very well could be. Which is like a whole another story arc where he has to fight the symbiote king. Mm-hmm. I think it's called the King in Black or something is the comic run. But could they be going that route? I mean, they could be setting up a lot bigger thing here than just some, you know, backstory on what the symbiotes can do and can't do. That's uh, true. As far as the room itself, it felt like the room changed, like, as far as, like, time travel goes. Because the room went from, like, a shitty place to, like, a nicer resort-looking place. Yeah. You know, the TV went from being on the, the counter to being up on the wall, mounted. Yeah. You know, there just everything was nicer looking. Which tells me it could have been, like, time travel. It could have been time travel or it could have been basically the same hotel if something had gone differently in the owner's past in that universe. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or just the aesthetic of that universe is different. Right, yeah. Like, or say, it's set in a different timeline. Say line, this town is time... actually... Yeah. So, well, like or, an earlier time. Yeah, or this town just happens to be a resort spot in this universe. Mm-hmm. So it's like that hotel is now... It's the same room, technically. Yeah. But it's nicer because it's different in this universe. I guess the first question is getting into like the fact that we see Tom Holland on the screen. Yes. We see a scene that is very similar to Far From Home when he's revealed to be Peter Parker. Yes, but not the same. This is not the same scene. Not and I know the same. a lot of people are saying it is that it moment. Is but I believe it's not. And I we have some reasons we've, why. Yeah, we've watched both scenes from the... Mm-hmm. Like, the, the dialogue is completely the different. The dialogue is different. Um, it feels like JJ in this current end credit scene is wording it as though he's already referred to this news and yes. he's just kind of gloating on the fact that he had the, yeah uh, he's, the reveal about it. Yeah. He's just like relishing in it and still calling it breaking news, even though it's mm-hmm. at, at this point, it's not in my opinion. Also the picture that they show is of Peter Parker without the mask on, yeah, yep. which they never showed him like that. No, they did not. In the initial reveal, which is they showed half of Peter or half of Spider-Man and then half of Peter Parker. Yes. Face to face, you know, and like half. the Peter Parker picture, they <laughs> sorry, the Peter Parker picture that they showed in at the end of Spider Man was actually his school picture, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. So, and then some people have, on the internet have made the argument that there's a scene where he's like surrounded by a bunch of people, and mm-hmm. they get mob him and take this mask, take the mask off, and that's what this picture is. And I'm like, no, I don't believe. I mean, that. it's possible that's what happens, and then he like you know spider jumps. Out of, yeah, I see. At, you know, to the open by himself, and that's where our picture's taken of him. Yeah. But. I don't uh, believe that, though. The timing wouldn't make sense, though, because mm-hmm. the way that the room changes, we see this big yellow, basically, ring beam. Ripple. Come through. Yes. And change everything. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of speculation on the internet. Yes. Some people are saying that it's Loki. Mm-hmm. And with the events of that show. Yeah. With the multiverse expanding and maybe crossing over which caused this mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about the idea of loki being involved in creating this ripple i mean it seems reasonable just from the aspect of the characters and the universes but as far as the people that own those characters it doesn't really make sense and that's kind of how i feel like yeah. i get that it on a narrative it would make sense but i mean obviously this implies that venom is now tied to the mcu to an extent mm-hmm. 
But I would argue it's more that he's tied to Spider-Man, who is tied to the MCU. Yes. Rather than him tied to the MCU. Yeah. And they can easily work around to have him never be a part of anything else but Spider-Man. Yeah. I also don't think Sony would want to do that. Because that would put more dependence on Disney and Marvel as far as where they can go with their stories. Yeah, I Right? Then they need to be like, okay, can we do this for our stuff now? If they ever have any kind of direction they want to go and their solo stuff yeah um also i want to point out the fact that we have not seen any type of update in the news about contracts the last thing we had was spider-man would have its own movie and then also appear in another mcu movie right right? Mm -hmm. we've heard nothing as far as that going forward as spider-man being more in the mcu Mm mm-hmm with Tom Holland contracts. Yeah. And we've never heard anything of Tom Hardy as Venom getting any kind of contract extensions or news of going into the MCU. Right. Which, obviously, you wouldn't want to spoil that, but you would think after this movie is out, and like, now wouldn't you get that reveal? Or do you think it's yeah. something they're waiting for maybe No Way Home to say stuff like that? Yeah, I think It just not- felt like the news was very on the point of knowing when these contracts were being negotiated and all that stuff that yeah where's the news of this now yeah so we're to believe that there's now a whole bunch there's a whole nother wave of these movies that are going to tie to the mcu but there's no word on contracts yeah that seems a little suspicious i don't think so yeah so i guess the question is is venom transferred to the mcu or is something else happening is this even tied to the mcu is this like maybe this event that happened is something on the venom storyline Mm-hmm. And has nothing to do with the multiverse or Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, is it possible that the Tom Holland Spider-Man we're seeing is a completely different variant of Spider-Man in Venom's universe? It's possible, but I don't think it's likely because of a lot of things like the um, the Daily Bugle uh, symbol or whatever logo mm-hmm. is the same. Even in like when the well, winner... that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like, characters have the same outfits. But they're different universes. Uh, that's fine. I still don't think. I think that I don't know. I it's just a feeling I have. No, I'm I'm just bringing up like yeah. conversations. Yeah. So you don't believe that it could be a variant of Spider-Man. I mean, yeah, it could, but I don't think that's what it's gonna. Okay, be. so you think it's going to be the Tom Holland Spider-Man in the MCU that we are seeing here? Yes, and maybe no, because I feel like it could be. Okay, so maybe adjacent to him, <laughs> like you said, a variant. Where so because here's what I think. I, well, I'm just using the Loki. Yeah, yeah, go. but that's basically what we should be referring to him as, I suppose. Um, because I think that I know a lot of people have quote unquote debunked it, but I think that this the reaction that they're brought into this new hotel room or whatever is caused by Doctor Strange's spell. Because some people said that the timeline doesn't match up, mm-hmm. and the fact that you're seeing the reveal on the screen still means that the spell that it's not after the spell. Yeah. But the what happens during that spell is they break the fabric of reality. So basically what well, I'm thinking is that a version of the multiverse or a universe that has like it, maybe he fixes it in one universe, but not the rest. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of the ones he didn't fix it in, which is now overlapping with Venom's universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, going into the, the whole Doctor Strange, you know, doing the spell to help Spider-Man, right? In No Way Home's trailer. We mm-hmm. we know that takes place at least a few months. At, well, we don't know. We heavily speculate that takes place 
in the winter time of 2024, right? Yes. Which is months after the events of Far From Home where he is revealed to be Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, based off the fact that they have Halloween stuff. And yes. It just it just... There were indications that it was yeah. holiday season. Well, plus you yeah. see, you know, in the trailer... Spider-Man or Peter Parker and MJ kind of having this conversation. It's like, it feels like he's living a life with the world knowing he's Peter Parker. And that's where he's like at the point where he can't take it anymore. Yes. So I think time has passed in the beginning of that movie. Yeah. Uh, which would tie into this because as we've established, it's not the same exact broadcast right. of Far From Home. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a update, if you will, or further coverage at a yes. later date. Yes. Of the event where Peter Parker was revealed to be Spider-Man. Yeah, it's JJJ not letting it fucking go because mm-hmm. people are over it, but he's still focusing on it every day. That's my opinion. But also, this this also ties to so who that Spider-Man is in in the picture at the in the mid credit scene actually ties into Doctor uh, to the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home because Doctor Strange says something about you can't keep living two different lives or whatever. And so I feel like even though that picture might not be of our Tom Holland, our main MCU universe Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Peter Parker, (laughs) um, I think that that's the universe he's still Spider-Man in. And then the other, because it's kind of, we're led to believe that he's going back and forth between universes be living the life where he's not known and he can be with MJ and living the life where he is known and he he can do the Spider-Man stuff or whatever. I didn't get that at all. Is I that thought what you're that getting was, from the trailer? I thought that was the implication from what Doctor Strange was saying to I, him. What I took because from that... Because he pushed him out of himself or whatever. He can't be these two of him. Well, I mean, that's, that's manipulation of the trailers, right? That's not... Like, he's not saying that in that moment. Okay. Necessarily, yeah. I mean. Right, but those things I, put together. What I took from him saying you can't live two lives is you need to pick. Are you the Peter Parker who society knows is Spider-Man or are you the one who know, nobody knows anything? He's basically yeah. saying you can't pick and choose who knows. Right. You can't pick and choose Mary Jane and Aunt May mm-hmm. and Ned to all remember your secret mm-hmm. and all of those memories with you. But then have everybody else not know. Yeah. It's basically what he's, I, what I took from that. Okay. Um, obviously him talking imply whoever, you know, he's talking, well, what about MJ? Blah, blah, blah. Like during the spell, right? Mm-hmm. The trailer implies that something happened. Yeah. Which fucked the whole thing up. You know, and then we get the whole Doc Ock reveal. Mm-hmm. The presumably Green Goblin from the, you know, T- Tobey Maguire movies. Mm-hmm. So... That implication that they all exist in the MCU opens the fucking door for the fact that Venom could exist within that world too. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I think it's more Spider-Man will be coming over to the Venomverse, if you will, rather than Venom going over there. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, the, the No Way Home trailer, there's that whole scene with the entity that swipes it and attacks the force field whatever red force field thing Mm -hmm. the the debate right now is is that lizard or is that venom Mm -hmm. and this is long before this movie came out yeah i am more inclined to say that's venom after seeing let's let there be carnage yeah i'm curious if somehow that scene the mid credit we've seen is him being transported 
mm-hmm. to the MCU, if you will. Yeah. Or just not necessarily being transported here, but being intertwined. Yes. Along with the other Spider-Man villains from other decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's captured for whatever reason by Doctor Strange or whatever being held captive. Mm-hmm. So that will be our introduction to maybe Spider-Man meeting Venom. Yes. But I think something's going to happen where, and I'm still sticking behind this, I think we're going to see Tom Holland's Spider-Man leave the MCU by the end of this movie. Yeah, that makes total sense. I don't know if we're going to get an origin story of Venom with Spider-Man, you know, in the black symbiote suit. I don't know if we're going to get that, but I definitely feel like there's going to be some kind of interaction because we have seen that picture online that was deleted of Tom Hardy wearing a Spider-Man... No Way Home production hat, which you would get if you were a cast or working on the film. Very true. So I think there's a lot more going on. I just don't think it's directly tied to the MCU. Mm -hmm. I think they might be using that narrative of Doctor Strange doing that spell to bring him over for the interaction. But I don't think it's going to be like, we're going to see Venom fighting Captain Marvel and hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I don't think we're going to be seeing that. I just, the thought crossed my mind. Do you think that they (laughs) manipulated the footage in the trailer to show the whole, like, hello, Peter, and then they show Tom Holland Spider-Man, but really, in reality, it's going to be... Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. I fully think that's And they're all happening at the same time or something, but they're overlapping because of the universe bullshit that's going on, the multiverse thing Mm -hmm. that's happening? I fully think that's what they're doing. Okay, okay. We might have already talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. I mean, and people, you know, you're on one side or the other that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in this movie, or you think that it's stupid to even suggest they're in this movie. Absolutely, they're in it. At the very least, they're a cameo. There's no question about it. There's no way they wouldn't be. Yeah, I definitely think, because, you know, Disney loves to do that type of manipulation with their trailers basically like the trailer is its own little separate movie so (laughs) i guess the question is is sony playing more with disney and marvel or are they just allowing a little give and take so that they can further their storylines on the sony side yeah the second one (laughs) um we have a couple of important questions we need to ask though or talk about first of all do we think it's possible that the Hive Knowledge Sharing accidentally did this as one of the options? Yeah, so that was kind of the big question was right at the moment that Venom was supposedly going to show him mm-hmm. a glimpse of the knowledge that they have yeah. is when this happens. Right. So the question, I guess, is did this accidentally happen and Venom didn't know this would be a thing? Because he does say... Uh, this wasn't me. Like, right. what yeah. the hell happened? This yeah. wasn't me. He's very confused. And he, he's not sure what's going on along with Eddie yeah. when everything changes. So that either implies he doesn't have anything to do with it or he just doesn't know that he was responsible for it. Right. Uh, so along the same lines, we see this reaction of Venom when he sees Peter Parker, Tom Holland, Spider-Man mm. on the screen. He says, that guy... Yes. And he, it's it's a very, the tone is very familiar or like. It, um, it could go either way, but I do feel like it does seem more like he vaguely recognizes him, even yeah. though he's theoretically never seen him. Right. Which is then where this goes back to the uh, hive mentality right. of knowledge that he re- referred to moments before. Yes. 
So this is where my theory comes in, where I kind of brought up the Spider-Man 3 thing earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, With the Tobey Maguire movie. Theoretically, that would make sense that he would recognize a character he's never fucking seen in person if Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man's Venom, you know, the the Venom from the Tobey Maguire movie was also connected through this hive hive. mentality. Yeah. And then he knew of Spider-Man's existence because of that relationship. Right. And hive knowledge yes so then he could be like vaguely familiar because he doesn't know him but he does know of him yes and that could be what his intrigue is yes or he's just intrigued in general mm-hmm. by him because he's just he's a different person you know he's not a normal person he's got these powers and he's different you know yeah i understand that but on the on the broadcast there's no indication that he has any special powers mm-hmm. they're just like spider-man also, the implication is that, uh, in the broadcast, that Spider-Man killed Mysterio. Right. right? Yes, they make that very and clear. And tried to kill a lot of people. Even though it's obvious with, that's not really what drones. Yeah. So, yeah. given the relationship with Venom and Eddie doing this whole, like, lethal protector, we're going to, like, stop bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. This could be the introduction for an origin story of why Venom doesn't like Spider-Man. Yeah, because that's true. Because he thinks that he's evil. A he thinks guy. that he kills people. Yes. Right? So he could, yeah. in his head, be like, I'm doing justice yeah. by taking out Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. Just a thought. Yeah, it's a good point. But then, theoretically, whenever Venom goes into your body, doesn't he? does he know your thoughts? <sighs> I'm just I, wondering if... They, I don't think so. I don't know. If he does... Then he has would. He, has he referenced that kind of thing with Eddie? I don't know. I just kind of got the feeling he did. I mean, because he sense. knew how Eddie felt about Anne and all that okay. stuff. Okay, maybe if they're currently having thoughts, he would know. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if maybe they start out as enemies, like mm-hmm. you say, and then he goes and goes to take him over to like control yeah. him, and then realizes his thoughts and is like, oh, mm-hmm. and then they become buddies. I don't know. The, <laughs> the original black symbiote costume was a part of. Uh, secret wars in the comics mm-hmm. and that's how they introduced spider-man with a different costume mm-hmm. people are speculating that they are setting up a secret wars but the only way that makes sense is if the marvel side is doing it so that's not a- sony sony right. couldn't do it because otherwise it would only be spider-man characters right and secret wars is not spider-man secret wars is scrolls, focused right? characters no that's secret invasion secret invasion oh, never secret mind. wars <laughs> is basically this almighty being called the beyonder uh-huh. uh Sets up a game uh. where he puts villains and heroes basically in a game of chess okay. uh, on a planet okay. that they have to basically take each other out and to see who was be who would be the winner. Got it. Okay. Um, for the fate of their universe. Understood. Okay. So if that's the case, like it does fall in line with a lot of stuff we're vaguely seeing in the MCU, but mm-hmm. like again. I don't believe that the Marvel would want to rely heavily on using Sony's properties right. for their you know stories to progress. Yeah, that makes sense. They're going to want them in there, but they're not going to want them to be the, the right. focus. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so do you think they're going to be enemies or allies? Um, or both? <laughs> I think they're going to be both. I think I think we're going to do the, the, the typical thing where you're, they're, they're misunderstood enemies in the beginning for mm-hmm. whatever reason. They don't, you know... No one has the full story and they yeah. don't get it. And then something's going to happen where it all comes together and they go, oh, we're not enemies. And then they'll be 
allies yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. I'm not even going to argue with that. <laughs> It's like a which, standard which then these would days. fall in line with the lethal protector storyline, where yes. they they you know come to a, a truce of okay, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. We're no longer enemies. Right. Let bygones be bygones, you mm-hmm. know. And so they could try that. Okay. The big question for me is: Is Venom going to get the suit upgrade to get the spider logo? He has to. Is right? he going to get the webbing? Is he going to get the powers that Spider-Man has because the symbiote wasn't connected? Here's what I want to see happen. I'm not going to say it's happening because I don't know. But I really want to see this scenario. Whatever scenario happens, they have to... Venom, let's say Venom and Eddie just, for whatever reason, are not still not getting along completely. Mm-hmm. We already know that Venom is intrigued by Spider-Man. Yeah. Let's say somehow there's a narrative where he ends up having to join... Spider-Man to help stop something. Yeah. Maybe this will be tied to No Way Home. Yeah. I know. Wishful thinking. Yeah. Right? So maybe that would be, okay, now he's got the suit. And then maybe Venom will be like, you know what? Kind of like this more. Yeah. This is a lot better. Yeah. This is a lot better. Uh, And then that would make Eddie have his motives to hate Spider-Man. Oh, okay. And then let's say something happens where, for whatever reason, Spider-Man rejects Venom. Mm-hmm. And then Venom has to go back to Eddie. Yeah. And now they have their ability to hate him again. Yeah. Together. They, they both hate him together. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Interesting. But that kind of clashes with the idea that he's like an anti-hero rather right. than a villain. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing with this movie I don't really get is what are they doing as far as are they just completely rewriting an origin story for him or are they going to try and incorporate a Spider-Man origin story somehow retroactively? Yeah. it's a really good question. So, final verdict, you think uh, the events of the mid-credit with Venom is going to tie to him being transported or intertwined with the MCU universe? Yes. Uh, during No Way Home? Yes, correct. Okay. I don't necessarily think he's going to stay in the MCU, though. I think this is yeah, like a passing through situation. The movie is literally called No Way Home. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that tells me Spider-Man is not going to be home mm-hmm. by the end of this fucking movie. Yeah. And I know that's probably like a very like direct line of thinking mm-hmm. to the title, but that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I think that this is definitely going to be tied to post Far From Home during the events of No Way Home. That's the only way that it would make sense with the timeline. Yeah, definitely. If this is presumably part of the MCU. Yeah. All right. Let's issue our final report. First up, the anus. <laughs> Uh, for me, I think the whole, oh shit, it's a red one with no explanation. That was my, uh, I, was, I hated that because I really wanted, that makes me want more information and I wasn't given enough other than just the pure display of it being more powerful. Like I wanted more of that. So that was my, that was what I determined to be the anus. Uh, for the anus, the thing that I thought was the shittiest of this movie I think that they didn't do justice for Venom and Carnage like in their relationship. And the idea that Carnage is just dead already, it just, to me, is insane. Because that character has so much potential they could have used. And of course, you know, with the implication of the mid-credit, sure, yeah, you could have Carnage still exist somewhere else, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Or whatever scenario. But with the implication that Venom is going to be tied to Spider-Man now, mm-hmm. we could have had Maximum Carnage. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. So you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. they missed opportunity now. Yeah. 
now you can't tell these stories, presumably, that you could have made great storylines with. Yes, I agree. Uh, interesting uh, note for anyone who is wanting to read some of these comics. There's a ton of Carnage and Venom comics on Prime Reading, if you guys have that. Um, so, just spreading the word, since we found out about it and wanted to share that information, in case anybody listening is curious as well. Uh, we added a new component to our final report this episode. It's called The Appendix. Uh, whatever is the, the point that we, uh, something we find unnecessary or maybe a missed opportunity. So kind of like a wild card. Or just useless. Or useless. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, unnecessary, useless. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I felt like Shriek's power was really unnecessary. Uh, obviously it had a use. There was a lot of potential there, mm-hmm. but they barely used it. I, again, and I it think was it was just kind of like a symbolism. plot device. Yeah. I think it was just a symbolism of. How she's contrast to Carnage's motives yeah. and having the the one thing that would hurt him yeah. causes a, a ripple in yeah. their little triangle. Yeah. Um, for me, I think the, I'll, I'll just call it the love interests of mm-hmm. the film, I thought were completely unneeded. Yeah. Um, I get what they were trying to go for. Like we said, I Woody Harrelson was, in my mind, cast for the natural born killers aspect you know Mm -hmm. and i think they were going for that relationship perspective in Mm -hmm. this film with him and shriek Mm -hmm. and i just feel like it was not needed other than just to like bring in mulligan i guess yeah into the picture for potential toxin in the future but like you could have done that without her right yeah he could have been there but the same goes for for and you know, and Dan, we'll say. Okay, so also like, I, I just, just they didn't seem like they were needed. They yeah, really didn't. I agree. Also, I just realized I hate the fact that they're named Anne and Dan. If your names are Anne and Dan, you're not allowed yeah. to date. Barb and Star or Barb and what was the movie? It's Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't married. Barb and Star meet up with Anne and Dan at <laughs> Vista Del Mar. Yeah, I don't like that. Your names can't rhyme. Yeah. It, <laughs> let's be honest. Those characters were only in there for, like, the comedic relief, right? Yes, true. It, like, Dan had his moments where, like, he had, like, you know, Venom was like, you suck, Dan, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And later on, he's like, I like you, Dan. Like, yeah. it just, like, it was clear. <laughs> we didn't need him, though. He was really just kind of in the way. Yeah, it yeah. was, like, it was clear that that was just, like, the character to, like, poke fun of for, yes. like, the kooky dynamic of Venom mm-hmm. talking to Eddie. Yes, exactly. Uh, but I don't feel like it really did a lot for the film. Yeah, it did seem pretty unnecessary. Okay, muscle for the strong and or weak points. Uh, for me, pretty clearly the strong points were uh, Carnage's powers. We just like could have swept the floor with almost everybody. So I'm really still kind of retrospectively wondering how they overcame him. Uh, because he seemed so much more powerful. I think that was kind of like the part that didn't work for me was yeah. like he's supposed to be stronger because he's the offspring yeah. but like i we then know venom has to win him? so yeah. i guess yeah. that's why he ate him because he couldn't theoretically beat him right. in a fisticuffs manner like yeah. it, it, you yeah. can't true true stop him yeah uh okay and then the weak point for me was eddie's relationship with Anne because i thought it was super weird and unrealistic um like, the part where they're, like, awkward together, where mm-hmm. she's trying to, like, tell him she got engaged. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. But everything after that point is fucking, I don't know. That's weird. 
Mm-hmm. I guess it ties into the whole, like, she wasn't necessary for the story. <laughs> Other than to transport it, Venom, but essentially. It, it, again, that's, they're using that because, like, oh, well, we need Anne there to have Venom and Eddie show up to yeah. save her. Like, it's exactly. just like... Yeah. Or they could just do it because they feel responsible that Carnage exists now. Yeah. The weak points for me uh, in this movie, I think, were... The structure of the film, I feel like it was kind of unbalanced as far as the flow. I thought there was parts where it was slower and just kind of didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. There was a whole scene in there that I was like, this can just fuck off. Yeah. Which it probably should have been my appendix now I think about it. But <laughs> What scene? The, the, the rave scene, the underground rave oh. where Venom breaks up with Eddie and then they go. He, or he, yeah. he, he hops from host to host, which... Yeah. That's like a whole other thing with the symbiote thing that bothered me. Was yeah. like, okay, so he's killing off all these people because he he's not compatible with them, right? Mm-hmm. But then with the thing with with Chen, the the store owner, mm-hmm. like, so is she gonna die? Like, they didn't really touch upon that being an issue. Like, yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, I, I have mean, questions anyways, about it, that. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> the rave in between yeah. the whole host yeah. jumping around thing, like, it just felt so un necessary and out of place it just yeah. felt like they were like oh, how can we put some fucking musician in here for no fucking reason yeah playing a song during our movie i just thought it was like venom getting to let his let getting to let his freak flag fly like he was out and doing whatever he wanted and just like it, it was cool to uh, see yeah i get they were just like oh he's trying to be, he can embrace who he is yeah without having yeah. to hide because right because because people he like he's costume. in a costume and all yeah. I, I get that it's just I don't know. It just felt like it was. It was dumb. I don't know. Extra though. Yeah, I agree. It, it didn't contribute to the fucking movie, in my opinion. Okay. It was to kill time, to give a reason why he wasn't with Eddie. Yeah. Uh, as far as the strength, I would say I did enjoy the length of the movie in the aspect of what they did with the movie because it felt like, aside from them rushing, what I thought was a, a story that should have probably been a couple movies. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that. It was shorter because if you aren't going to do the full story of what this is, then I do like that they kind of didn't didn't waste a lot of time with stuff that wasn't important. Yes. As opposed to the first movie where it was like, what is it? 49 minutes before we saw Venom? Yeah, and maybe that's like more why I was like, okay with this one because it's like the first movie, I think it was like close to an hour before we ever see Venom with Eddie Mm -hmm. as Venom. As Venom, yeah. It was and I don't weird. recall that being a thing in the first movie until yeah. we rewatched it. And I was like, Jesus, when the fuck does the Venom show up? Yeah. We kept like stopping, like pausing it to check the time. We're like, how has he not showed up yet? Yeah. So yeah. that was an entire half of the movie wasted in, that, mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. At least they got to the point with this one. Yes. But I, will, I have noticed in this movie, and I assume it's like a budget thing, Carnage and Venom don't necessarily, like they're never in the same room together until the very end. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if it's just like, okay, we can't have them both on screen for more than this amount of time. Yeah. Because every time we see Carnage, it's breaking out or breaking into Ravencroft to Mm -hmm. get his girlfriend. Yeah. We're never seeing him interact with Venom. Except for the battle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, obviously. Yeah. All right. Uh, Okay, the heart of this movie, what we love the most or really enjoyed. Um, I love that Venom... Venom's character was kind of like, um, instead of being the villain or whatever he is in the comics, I think they made him this character that kind of made 
was trying to improve Eddie and make Eddie be better at, at being Eddie. Because he was like, as Eddie visits uh, Cletus Cassidy initially, he's leaving and he's like, no, look at the walls. Like, look at all of this. And then he like has him draw it all out. And he's like, I'm doing but your job mm-hmm. for you. Like, why didn't you do this? Like, here, there's all the information. Solve this. And so I liked that about it because it was because it's obviously not his goal in life to be an investigative journalist, but... I liked that he somehow he he found purpose in helping it, Eddie be better at it being was Eddie. his way of inactively being able to be a superhero, I guess. Yes. Like he seems to want to be. Yeah. And then part of him he wonders if by making Eddie feel good, it made him like the endorphins are contagious or whatever, like also felt in his organism as well. Maybe. Weird unnecessary scientific yeah. question, but it was just a thought I had. Going back to the first movie, remember there's like the whole thing where he was like he was eating him, or like he was, you know, he was like, he was killing him, yes. whatever, through like yeah. being with Eddie. Yeah. And it's like, it was kind of, the narrative was like, yeah, he was doing that. But then he's like, oh, I'm not going to do that now. Yeah. So, like, I guess he can choose if he kills a host. I guess. Which kind of goes against what happens in this movie with all these other hosts, right? Well, I kind of feel like, I, I don't know, maybe the vibe I got was that he wasn't necessarily choosing to do it to these other hosts. It was just happening. But with Eddie... they weren't Eddie, compatible enough. Right, they weren't compatible enough. But with Eddie, he had the option to fix him and keep him alive instead of mm-hmm. just consuming him. As long as he was able to uh, get his fill of yeah. whatever other nutrients he needed. Because <laughs> maybe he was doing it because at that point he wasn't being fed all the chocolate and... Whatever the other thing was. Yeah. <laughs> Beer. Uh, I think for me, the heart of this movie is the fact that they, aside from it going against everything I want from a Venom movie, they found a way to make Venom a character in his own that isn't anything like what he should be, mm-hmm. but he's enjoyable, I yes. guess. And like, They're clearly trying to do this fish out of water thing with Venom and, you yeah. know. It's more comedic than I would like a movie to be, but, like, I see what they're trying to do. Yeah. And make the character a little bit more cartoony. Mm -hmm. I guess that's their way of avoiding it being too mature for children. I don't know. I guess. Which, that's another thing with this fucking movie, right? (laughs) What did they call somebody a pussy once, and then they called it R? Yeah. Well, no, it's not R. They were talking about how it could be R. It's PG-13. Yeah. And Andy Serkis was basically preaching about how oh they're pushing the limits of this movie and it's practically an r yeah this movie was not fucking r no they had a couple more swear words Mm -hmm. that's all yeah there was nothing r about this movie yeah back to the heart yes (laughs) (laughs) uh i did kind of enjoy the whole like aspect of venom wanting to be this superhero you know i know it's completely opposite of like what venom was in the beginning but like i guess this is like the idea of this venom is he's what Venom becomes in the future of mm-hmm. those comics. Yeah. Um, just a little bit more cartoony, if you will. Yeah. But I I don't know. It, it works for what it is, but like obviously I'd love to see like an actual pure Venom origin story with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, and the brain, the final thing, the brain of this movie, what was really clever or smart, uh, what in, to me... I think was the end credit scene (laughs) because that's where you get people interested more than 
like there may be people that are interested in the MCU but don't really give two shits about Venom because they know it doesn't have any impact on the MCU. But mm. now that you have this potential tie-in, you get a lot more people that are like, oh, wait, mm. I actually care about this. I'm going to start paying attention. Yeah. Well, the people that, sh- that still stayed because yeah. they, they understand there's always True. a mid-credit or yeah, end yeah. credit. Yes. And then the buzz that it generated on the internet mm-hmm. uh, probably caused more people to go see the movie as well. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, fuck, this could tie in. I need to go watch it now. So. Unfortunately for me, um, I was spoiled on the mid-credit because some douchebag on social media who got to see a early screening of the movie mm-hmm. for, like, you know, the, the news, whatever, or the reporting. Yeah. Review side. Yeah. Uh, they were allowed to tweet out like basic like impressions, but they weren't supposed to say anything about detail uh-huh. until I think their NDA was till the thirtieth, and it was like a week before that. Yeah, the guy just straight up says that it like does a whole lot for the MCU, and it's like cool. So I guess I know that now. So yeah. I didn't necessarily know the context of what, but yeah. like it was pretty much clear that okay, so this means that Venom is in the MCU according to. Yeah. What you're saying. Before watching this, we were I was talking about how that guy could just be an idiot and not understand things <laughs> not the MCU. But yeah, but his whole view out... was he follows the, the you know, the, he does what we do. But yeah, I guess he's supposedly more important because he yeah. gets free showings. Also douchier. But like, I hope that he got in trouble for that because like he just ruined that for everybody who saw his fucking tweet. Yeah. So I didn't get to enjoy it like I wanted to. You know, we were in a theater and there's people who were like gasping. Yeah. And like someone was like, what? You know, like. Yeah. I didn't get to enjoy that excitement. You didn't get that awesome. Yeah. But I will agree with you. So samesies for me. Yeah. (laughs) The brains for me, I think, of this film was the fact that they made it its own thing still for Venom. But then they found a way to tie it to Spider-Man. Yes. And obviously we haven't seen the full build of what that means mm-hmm. but we have a glimpse and it it's promising and it's exciting yeah the only downside i would say is like the movie was be- very basic as far as the f- story and the formula i agree it felt very much like a rinse repeat of the first movie with carnage instead of riot but it was fun yeah i just hope that if they use Toxin in the next film, it's not going to be the same situation. The same, like, like I hope off. that they can make it a new feeling movie. Yeah, I agree. Because that I wouldn't be want nice. to see a third Venom where it's like the same formula. Oh, new symbiote, gotta beat it by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, there needs to be more to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, so overall, I enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. I think it works for what it is. Like I said, the, the story isn't anything huge. It's not anything complex. It's very straightforward. But you're going to get some a couple of jokes you might enjoy. Uh, most of them I felt were forced. But you'll, you'll laugh a couple times and just enjoy the fact that Venom is fighting Carnage mm-hmm. for 20 minutes or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, the battle this. scenes are the best. I agree. Otherwise, it's not, it's not quite the Venom we know. Yeah. Just a reminder for anyone who hasn't been listening to our main episodes, here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if both of us dissect it, we're DTF. So with that in mind, I'm going to slice it 
Um, I, it was some of the comedy was good. I loved that it was not a million hours long. I think it was nice mm-hmm. and compact. There were maybe still some unnecessary things and some other things that could have been drawn out further, but mm-hmm. it's not so it's not perfect. But overall, it was an enjoyable movie, and I. I'm excited to see more, especially with the direction it looks like they might be heading. Yeah. Uh, it just sliced it for me. I think it was more enjoyable than the first one. It had its good moments. It had some weak moments. But I think overall, it's a fun experience for people looking for that superhero-esque itch, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's quite on the level of Deadpool. No. But I, I feel like they're trying to be that, but it just it doesn't work. Yeah, it's not With there. the comedy and all that stuff. I feel like they're right. trying to make Venom a Deadpool-type character. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily work in that aspect. But yeah. I do enjoy that he does have a personality rather than just an entity that attaches. Being like that a you mindless really, passenger. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said before, if they were to make Carnage a little bit more of a role that was like long-term, mm-hmm. I think they should have done more with this movie as far as the length and made it a little bit more complex but being a what we see as a one and done boxing match if you will Mm -hmm. between the two it i guess the the shorter was better in this aspect yeah agreed i i assume we'll be seeing a sequel because it's already made its money back Mm -hmm. in a world where movies are struggling to make a lot of money yes and uh, the implication is it's got a bigger story to tell with Spider-Man involved now. So yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I guess we have to wait to at least December for No Way Home to see what the next <sighs> step is in this whole Venom-verse with the MCU. Yeah, that's true. December 17th. All right. That is it. That's it for our anatomy of Venom. So let there be carnage. <laughs> I like that. It's very dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. Please take a few seconds out of your day to go rate or review us on whatever podcast network you are, or not podcast service you are using. Um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes would be ideal because we know they have ratings and for some reason they matter, but whichever service you have, we'll take it. You can also check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at DTFpod or send us an email directly to DTFpod at gmail.com. You can also you can also visit our website, DTFcast.com. And uh, definitely check out our next regular episode coming up soon. That's it for the Anatomy of Venom. Let there be carnage. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.